ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 1 of Hannibal on Dish by Dish. Greetings and salutations, and it's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from the beautiful countryside of Florence, Italy. This is Dish by Dish, a Hannibal rewatch project of Kill by Kill. My name uh, is Patrick Hamilton. Did I say that before? I can't fucking remember. Uh, we watch an episode of Hannibal. We talk about it, and of course, there's only one person I trust that if I need to be fit inside of a suitcase and taken on a train to another church in another part of Italy, she'll break my bones enough for me to fit in there. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I'm good, but I'm just picturing myself doing a thing where like, you kind of like, you know, throw yourself down on a suitcase to try to get it to close, you know, like, like, like your ass is somehow going to like, you know, manage to, you know, make that magical connection to make everything fit. Yes. I'm pretty. I'm, how are you with the suitcase? Because I'm. Pre, I learned how to be good flying back and forth to Japan for uh, more than two years. Like I got to the point where I could. I could figure out how to fit the most into my suitcase, including a DVD player. <laughs> was that lame? Well, I did do the. I do do the the rolling of clothes rather than uh, the folding them because I find that that mm. actually. That actually fits more. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I I try not to be the whole. Oh, I'm gonna need you know, you know, seventeen pairs of underwear, six pairs of pajamas, you know, four different pairs of shoes for this weekend trip. Right. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to resist. Also, I like to shop when I am. Uh, yes. When I'm you on have vacation. To leave room. Yeah. Exactly. But then, if you don't end up going shopping, you're short. And that when we went to San Diego, I ended up being short. Because I'm like, well, at some point we're going to go to like, you know, a company store or something like that. You know, we're going to hit, hit hit those, you know, offlet malls on the way back up. We didn't do any of that shit. So I was like, well, this Freddy Krueger t-shirt gets day number two. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, I, uh, I have enough room in my suitcase to kill a hobo and store him in there. <laughs> I rarely have enough room in my suitcase to kill a hobo or anyone else for that matter. Um, it is so nice to be talking about Hannibal once again. Now we've, we've stretched this out um, because we wanted to let it breathe a little bit and savor it. But now we're reaching the beginning of the end that we know of. This is the third and final season to date of Hannibal. And, uh, when you when you tuned into this originally, did you think this might be it for everybody? For, yeah, as far as how season two ended? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it certainly seemed like it could be a logical place to end. Right. Uh, I, I, it was you know, a bummer ending. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, a more concrete and final ending than, say, anything on, oh, I don't know, Netflix has given their shows. So... <laughs> Well, you know, if they can't survive on their own, it <laughs> I could go off on a rant, but here's just like a, a little thing. When your network sort of subsists on, you know, the shows that have lasted, you know, seven, eight, 12 seasons, and they have all these episodes for people to watch, 
You're like, I don't know why people aren't glomming on to these, you know, two 10 episode seasons. You're like, uh, maybe because there's not really enough of them. Uh, you maybe you should make all the episodes and then and then drop it if that's what you're going to do. But they don't want to do that. They they want to have their cake of making a small amount of episodes to save money. And if it doesn't catch on immediately because they do zero promo, and I say this as a promo professional, um, how do you how do you expect people to know what the fuck's on your network? Yeah, my 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 biggest uh, complaint in in how they're handling things is with the show Mindhunter, mm. which spent uh, it's two very brief seasons uh, building up to and foreshadowing that they were going to eventually find the BTK killer. Right. Uh, and they did not find the BTK killer. No, no, <laughs> they, they, they never. They never got up to that time period because he was like late eighties, early nineties, and the show started the show ended somewhere in the early 80s so they they never got there and we never got to the point where i got to see anna torv drink more white wine that that was my anna torv drinks white wine delivery system and now i'm <laughs> high and dry i i would say that the going back to your original question i would say the only issue i would have had if they had just ended the show where they ended it is it goes completely off book with the with canon, yeah. Because in in the the the, the you know Hannibal Hannibal verse, uh, whichever variation you look at, uh, sure. uh, Will Graham does somehow manage to survive that attack. Yeah. E- even though it, it, in in every iteration he is described as as quote nearly gutted. Yeah. And here he's kind of given. Not that that he has to take more, but he's kind of given a insert tiny rip and then that's enough for you. Time for some psychological pain. Right, exactly. Um, But honestly, this is a rarity in the Hannibal verse. We're not really spending any time at all with Will Graham or the FBI crew. Uh, this is a very Hannibal and Bedelia focused episode as they are on a murder honeymoon together. What, what should have been the murder husbands and their <laughs> murder child <laughs> off together <laughs> becomes this impromptu, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I saw you kill a guy. Why don't we like go to Europe together? And she's like, eh, why not? Cool. All right. Okay. Uh, it should be noted that the um, the episode title here is Antipasto. Probably the easiest title I'm ever going to get. I still fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're, you're rattling off those like uh, Japanese titles last season. Yes. I was impressed. <laughs> the, yes. 20 years passed when my... Uh, when my Japanese lessons were, but in Italian cooking an antipasto is an appetizer typically consisting of things like olives and anchovies, cheeses and meats, and maybe a little, little bread disc to put it on or a cracker as it were, if you want to get outside of Italy, I didn't have a lot of Italian crackers. Um, so we're setting the table. This is something to whet your appetite as it were. And we open on the, Mo- the closest the Hannibal franchise ever got to Fast and the Furious. 
uh, we're, we're inside a motorcycle engine and we're racing around Paris. Um, and, uh, I do have to say this motorcycle opening is a lot like how I felt driving around the streets of Paris on a lime electric scooter. It was exactly the same. Did you have like the, the, the hair just like perfectly flopping from one oh. eye? My, yes, my hair perfectly flops all the time. <laughs> we know you should not trust men of a certain age with floppy hair, but it seems to work on this cannibal on the loose. Uh, Hannibal attends a party uh, where he's uh, given the stink eye um, to a guy named Dr. Fell. We're not quite sure why, but we're going to learn why. But before he can even really size him up, He's basically accosted by a guy double fisting champagne by the name of Anthony. I love it. That's the best, that's the best way to get through a party. It really is. Um, get to a get double, double fisting champagne, talking shit about everybody at the party. Talking shit. Just open. Like how do you, <laughs> this is just on a, I don't know. I, I have a problem with like, with, with my big fucking trap, like, uh, I, I over talk. I'm a chatty Kathy who pulls his own fucking string. So I, I'm not one to speak from an educated standpoint or, uh, you know, that I've learned my own lesson. But if you were at a party and you used to work with somebody at that party and you want to continue to work in the field that you're in, don't shit talk that dude that you can see. <laughs> you just don't do it. I was, I was like, oh, I was just, I was just TA, and I read his book, and they were terrible, and what a fucking asshole! And- <laughs> all, he, all he does is dissect other people's work, and then Hannibal has that wonderful retort because on some occasions, dissection is the only thing that will do. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he is in his own television show, and people kind of wander into his television show that are unaware they're on, on, you know, Murderville, USA. They just don't, they don't know that up until the point they get clubbed to death. Um, but I wanted to uh, sort of expand here a little bit because Anthony and later there's a, another gentleman who's a member of the, um, the, the, the Florence Italian board of governors of, of Dante and various pompous asses. Yes. Very few TV series have the ability to introduce so many varieties of boar. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like last season we had man eating boars and I'm not even talking about the insufferable boars. It, it just like Tom wisdoms. Anthony may not be the alpha of the boar pack, but he is, he is up there. Like there's nothing interesting about him other than the fact that he knows too much information. That's like, he's the kind of acolyte of somebody who hates who he worships. Right. And uh, that person is Dr. Phil. So we really don't have to worry about uh, getting to know Anthony too well, because, <laughs> because uh, Hannibal is going to cook Dr. Phil's uh, liver and butter and white wine within the first three minutes of this show. Um, what would you do if you found somebody, you walk into your door and they're just having a full on fucking prepared meal at your kitchen table? Just like, I I wasn't expecting them there. Yes. You you don't like Dr. Fell's lovely wife comes home. She's kind of expecting to just see Dr. Fell going, Oh, this party sucked. And what she finds is a guy eating his liver 
at her kitchen table. Like, yeah, she, she looks like a little, a little puzzled. <laughs> yes. Um, and Hannibal does not look like he's in a rush to. <laughs> no, he's like, gonna he's gonna finish his meal first. He went right. to a lot of work for that. <laughs> um, so this uh, is where we get the flashback to Hannibal and his his many conversations with our, our good old friend Doctor Abel. There's a lot of doctors in the, this particular episode. So if you don't remember, Dr. Abel was a guy played by uh, Eddie Izzard, who uh, was convinced that he was the Chesapeake Ripper and then realized he had been psychically driven to be that. But he also loved murder before that, and he still loves murder after it. And he's plenty, quote unquote, smart, but he's not Hannibal smart. And Hannibal likes to tell him about that. He, but he is remarkably chill <laughs> for some, for someone who has had both legs, mm-hmm. one arm, yeah, uh, you know, artistically prepared and then fed to him. Right, he's yeah. just like, ah, you know, this might as well happen. <laughs> he's just like, I can't get out. He's like, I can't run away. So. I guess it's a duel of words. Um, but this, this, Hannibal, is where, this is where we find out that, that Hannibal is not only cutting off various body parts and, and preparing them and then feeding, eating them himself and then feeding them to, to Abel. He's mm-hmm. also feeding snails. Yeah. <laughs> Fattening them up on Abel's flesh, which I, I don't, I don't profess to know much about snails. I did not know they ate flesh. Yes. If deep water fans are in their just in their cups because they it's overflowing, baby. Between between this and that, you're getting all the close up snail action you could ever get. Yeah, this is a very this is a very it's not a very bloody episode, but it's no, a, they it, saved that for episode two. But it's a very juicy episode. Yes, you got you got close ups of snails. You've got close ups of. Uh, of the the liver that that Hannibal's preparing, and then you know, the the closest to made my mouth water was the the shot of raw oysters. Yeah, can I tell you? I fucking love oysters. Oh my <laughs> God, I haven't had raw oysters or any kind of oysters since the before times, and I miss them so much. Yeah, yes, it's the kind of thing. Obviously, you don't want to bring home. No. Uh, I, I want them professionally prepared. Have you ever tried to shuck a fucking oyster? That yes. sucks. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's not fun. You usually end up slicing your hand open. Yeah, no, uh, very bad. Don't do it. Um, and their conversations with one another, Hannibal and Abel. Uh, Abel's like, oh, okay, so this is cannibalism. You're a cannibal, and he's like, no, this isn't cannibalism. It's only cannibalism if we're equals. Like, oh, shit. Is that, how, is that how that works? I didn't know that. <laughs> you smoked that man's leg in time, and now you're putting him on a commemorative T-shirt in one sentence? Damn, son. <laughs> you posterized him, and no one's around to see it. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's how cannibalism works, but, you know, I'll take it. I, I think that is how Hannibal's version of cannibalism works. He does not view himself is eating people. He is eating the rude, and they are in his mind not people. Just they're, they're just they're just meat. Yes. Um, 
And I think for as much as any episode of Hannibal is in like a go for broke affair, which I feel like we really started to get into towards the end of season one. And then we have a lot of it in season two. Antipesto feels even more so like the hallucinogenic transitions and we have operatic heights that are, you know, at one point a curtain is opened (laughs) to a scene, but it really does feel like Fuller and company know that the seconds are ticking down here. Like they've been saved twice. How many times are you going to be able to pull your andirons out of the fire? They are, in some ways safe that they can, they always know they're going to have 13 episodes to do because that is the way the TV con, uh, contract was struck. NBC doesn't own Hannibal. They licensed Hannibal. And then the production company that made it would license it all around the world. So that's how they made money on Hannibal. NBC is just like, all right, we'll sell Tide during it. <laughs> As if Tide was thrilled to death to be associated you know in between the breaks of people like having like sex hallucinations in the bathtub and a guy being fed his own leg <laughs> yeah are artfully decorated with spikes yes a sugar cane um to be exact which i think sounds delicious although people really overestimate the whole sugariness of sugar cane you really got to distill that bad boy down um i don't like chewing on it i don't like woodiness i don't like woodiness in asparagus if i'm being honest so you say so you if you're eating someone's leg you would not you would not serve it with asparagus is that what you're saying um, i like this i like asparagus tips I, I like the taste of asparagus but the when you get lower and lower in the asparagus it goes from being this delicious tender green vegetable to a stick of wood (laughs) where you're like you're like you're like "Ah, ah, ah, yeah ah, no ah." i don't like i don't like chewing on brush uh it's not okay um but you know at this point uh going back to hannibal's state with nbc like it's it's a critical darling um it definitely has a cult but that cult isn't necessarily growing the way they thought it would And I think part of that is because the way people really got caught up on Hannibal was when it was licensed to Netflix instant. And before it just became Netflix, when you still got DVDs in the mail, the first version of Netflix as a digital streaming company, Hannibal is one of the first recognizable shows they had on there. And I feel that's when people I knew finally caught up to Hannibal's existence. Well, the problem with the 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 fan base that they were hoping to grow is that a lot of that fan base uh, involved <laughs> writing pornographic stories about the characters. <laughs> exactly. <so. laughs> right. And which uh, honestly they should have seen coming and I feel like Brian Fuller might have seen it coming. I think Brian Fuller really engaged with probably not you know he's said in the past and if Brian happens to be listening, please stop. You shouldn't. Um, he has said like, it didn't really start that way, but the longer it's going on, the more intimate they get and the more intimacy they have, the more sexual chemistry they just have in general. They're two very attractive people and they're both very good at illicit looks. And then you have the Hannah Graham murder husband's component of Tumblr, which 
is happening, but is so outside the that that slice of time's mainstream. Whereas now, that sort of cult uh, shipping is in overdrive. It's so in the public consciousness that things like, you know, our flag means death are just constantly being talked about at very high levels. And that's more than wishing. That's what wishing got you. You got real, you know, actual, it's a romantic relationship between two pirates. And then someone online's like, I don't know. That's not pirates didn't leave happy lives. I'm not fucking coming to our flag means death for realism. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's like that, uh, the, re- the, the review going around Twitter of the, uh, the guy complaining that Doctor, the new Doctor Strange movie has too many implausible plot twists. <laughs> the, 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 move, the, move, the, the movie in a franchise in which, you know, at least three of the movies that involve, like, what was it, 50% of the world uh, uh, disappearing, disappearing thanks to, to a finger snap? Yeah. That that's, you know, th- that's not implausible. You know, this is implausible. Well, the thing is, like, I I want plausibility when it comes to Wizard Man, Witch Girl, and the, the young lady who comes into town who punches through realities. That's, <laughs> America Chavez punches through realities. That's just one of the things she does. Uh, so, fuck that. I mean, come on. And on top of that, not to get off, but every, every up until they premiered this fucking thing, everyone's going, it's not going to be Sam Raimi enough. It's not going to be Sam Raimi enough. And then everyone comes out like, actually, it's very Sam Raimi. Well, now it's just too Sam Raimi. Fuck off. Fuck all off. Fuck off. You can dislike a movie, but don't wish for one thing, then get your wish and then hate that you got your wish. Fuck off. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. If you, if you don't like a, uh, a movie, you can come up with actual reasons why you don't like it. They, damn it. They need, they need their superhero movies to be more generic. Right. <laughs> I need, well, we're going back. We're going back to the same Star Wars debate where after the force awakens, everyone's like, no, 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 no. That's too, that's too much. Like every Star Wars movie I I've ever seen. I need it to be different. Okay. Here's last Jedi. Oh, that's too different. I just don't think you're happy. I don't think you're in love with the thing you say you're a fan of. I just don't think you like it anymore. And that's okay. Everyone can fall out of love with the thing that they initially loved. You know, I liked a lot of those Halloween sequels when I first saw them and (laughs) didn't pay attention with just making out with a girl in the movie theater. (laughs) That's... mm, you know, that's the way to enjoy media really is to just make out, and not pay attention to it. Then it's awesome. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so Hannibal and Bedelia are on a world tour. Um, they end up landing um, in Italy under the guise of Dr. Fell and his wife. Uh, people who love Hannibal to the point where they have read the books, this might sound familiar to you because it's the same kind of move that is done in the novel version of Hannibal. Um, so you'll kind of recognize this scenario. Um, and But it should be noted that when it was dreamed up in the book, this was at a time where you needed several minutes to download a picture online. Yes. <laughs> Whereas in this time frame, you would have been able to look up what the real Dr. Fell was by on your phone. And the fact that the guy has read and written multiple books kind of, 
like his picture's on the back of the book. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that he's just like, yeah, this will work. Yeah, like, like who would who would doubt me? The confidence of a well, he's not a mediocre white man. He's quite good at a lot of different things. And of course, we don't come to Hannibal, Hannibal for realism. Um, Hannibal and Bedelia's apartment is right above the Basilica of Santa Maria Novella, which is where I had the most amazing tripe sandwich of my entire life, Gina. How appropriate. Sometimes I just enter the old mine palace and relive biting into that thing over and over again. Becky was kind of scared of it. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not, I don't know when I'm going to be back here. I'm going to have this tripe sandwich. And oh my God, it was so fucking good. I mean, oh. I, I think I think that there's nothing more appropriate than talking about having a tripe sandwich while uh, <laughs> while uh, we're discussing Hannibal. I will not tell all of my, you know, Florence uh, eating stories because I have several. We're we've got we've got several episodes to stretch these out. So let's talk about Bedelia because she is really the uh, she comes. We've seen her kind of be icy and drop information nuggets and really. Um, you're projecting a lot onto her because she's not giving you a lot in most of these things. But here you kind of have to wonder, like, is the first thing that occurred to me was, is she now in this story, sorry structure? Like, would this be what happened to Clarice Starling at the end of the novel Hannibal? Yeah. I, I, in rewatching it, I, I still don't quite understand what her deal is is if she has just you know if she's got some sort of stockholm syndrome thing going on or 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 he is just because she she seems sort of you know she does seem scared of him sometimes but at the same time she seems completely resolved to you know you know well i i can't leave you know i mean Mm -hmm. he's gonna find me which he might you know i mean he probably he probably would yeah. Uh, but she at no point seems you know, interested in trying to escape and perhaps trying to overtake him or, you know, drop some out of rat poison and <laughs> one of the extravagant meals that he makes. Yeah. And she seems more scared of him now than she did in season two. Yeah. But I, I again, I'm not sure if he is, and like in the book, he he has pretty much hypnotized Clarice, and and it's yeah, a, she's, it, it's he's a, drugged her into yeah. a place where he can psychically drive her. As yeah, it's we a saw little, in, it, it's a little corny, but but yeah. uh, you know, here I'm I'm not entirely sure what's going on with her. I mean, she's it's obvious that she does not want to remain in, in the life she had before. She feels it's kind of. She can't really work at the at, at what she her job is dead to her, and and she does not want to be Hannibal's puppet necessarily where the stakes are that high. Whereas going on a nice European vacation and shopping at really cool stores, uh, ordering fun little treats with two bottles of wine seems to go over great for her lifestyle, but also. She knows she can't just fuck around on Hannibal. And at one point she's like, I don't know, maybe I'll just go to the train station and stare at a a security camera. (laughs) Like you're just inviting trouble at that point. Well, yeah, I I think 
she's basically saying, like, here, here I am. Come yeah. and find me. You know, I mean, and, and she's also really amping up the Hitchcock wand look in this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, she's got that one scene where she's walking across the square. She's got the big hat. Mm-hmm. And she looks very mm-hmm. elegant. Does not does not look 2015 at all. No, no, she does not. Uh, she is the only blue thing in that entire frame. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, and we finally get an origin story, kind of like before we've talked about her confrontation with a former patient who had been referred to her by Hannibal almost, you know, he loves to manipulate murderers. So I think that was his goal here is to have her murder somebody and then go, see, isn't it great? And she's both, she's of two minds about it. But for all the pretense and high board aesthetic porn on display in this episode alone, and yet during Bedelia's murder origin scene, we still get a good old fashioned just before dawn reference. That's right. She shoved her whole fucking forearm down the guy's throat. Yeah, I, yeah. Once again, I'm like, what happened there? (laughs) (laughs) Online, like, I've heard people go, oh, she ripped his tongue out. Well, you don't, your blood doesn't go all the way up to the elbow just by pulling someone's tongue out. She's pulling her whole fucking arm out of the dude's throat. It's a just before dawning. (laughs) Just before dawning. I was like, I was like, did you turn? Did she turn into a werewolf at some point? Like, like, <laughs> where do you get the 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 arm strength to be able to? I, I mean, I'm yeah. I know some people could put their entire fist in their mouth. Yeah, but but like I, you know, the the, the throat's pretty narrow, which is which is why you can choke to death on a corn chip. Right. Yes. But uh, I mean, a, as witnessed in other things, it's just like. If you're being like held upwards and the only thing like hitting won't help, like trying to cut off that person's airway. Like I don't suggest it. I'm not asking all of our listeners try to try it. to fit their <laughs> forearms down somebody's throat. Give it a, give it a whirl. Yeah, see what happens. Like, what, what's the worst know. that could happen? Post it on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, that's our, that's, our tic, that's our TikTok challenge. Try to <laughs> try to jam your fist down someone's throat. Challenge. Is to put your half your arm down someone's throat. Sure, you know it's the only thing Madison Cawthorn hasn't done. So <laughs> I see you just saw the news that came in too. Oh, it just flew in front of me. Aunt, like I don't know what's happening, and then then you see it like oh, I don't I don't want that in my eyeballs. All right. Yeah, I, I certainly not, don't I'm want it in my that. eyeballs from him. Someone I'm, else, maybe. I'm not, I'm not but watching I, that clip. I seek that out. I'm not watching that clip. You, uh, no. I'll take the description so it'll do, do me just fine. No, 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 no. Read it like a science fiction novel. You don't need to see the horror. You know, you you pick it up. Um, Because, oh, fuck it. It just, oh, God. Uh, there's so many reasons to dislike him, like sedition and lying and being super fucking creepy to ladies on his college and campus. Probably being a fake handicapped person. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, the only truthful thing he may have ever said was there's a bunch of old people having cocaine parties in Congress. Which was apparently the dumbest possible thing he could have said. Yes. But, like, if they are bombing him with this shit, you're telling me the Republicans don't, don't have shit on Trump? Uh, something tells me yes. Uh, anyways, 
this guy, Anthony, uh, is kind of, he knows what Hannibal's doing, or at least he suspects. And Hannibal kind of invites, doesn't say I'm being Dr. Fell. He just invites him over for dinner, you know, shucks him some oysters. Mm-hmm. And the bemusement on Hannibal's face when Anthony mistakes his own murder setup with an invitation to a swingers. Oh, I love that. I love that. Like how that specific look has not become a meme, I do not know, but it is chef's kiss, baby. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love that. I love that it does a whole, you know, he, you know, he's very interested in how I taste. And Anthony's like, oh, it's that kind of party, is it? <laughs> All but like waggling his eyebrows. <laughs> but he's like, it really isn't. It just, it's, like, it's like, no. <laughs> so much fucking weirder than just us having sex. That would be the easiest thing to have happen. And it just reminds it me, of, that just reminds me of that that meme that was going around for a while. There was like a picture of um of uh, Mads Mickelson and Tilda Swinton, and it says, you know, when this when this couple with couple eyes you across across the bar and you're like, shit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, <laughs> but this isn't really a snare to entrap Anthony. It's more to see what Bedelia's attitude will be when they're confronted with the reality that to keep their guys up and to have this wonderful time in Florence, they're probably going to have to kill some people along the way. And she's kind of like, I don't know if I'm up for that. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just have the swingers threesome, I think, maybe. I don't know. Um, but she also doesn't know when exactly she's going to end up on Hannibal's plate. So by the time Anthony shows up at the whole it's Dante's Inferno rally that they're having, <laughs> um, and Anthony walks in and sees that Hannibal is like uh, fully passing himself off of this guy that he knows he isn't actually uh he's like all right i i i have this guy over a barrel and of course it isn't two seconds before he gets clocked in the noggin by a statuette and animals over to Bedelia, like okay so what do you suggest we do here like where where do we go from here because we're gonna have to do something about this are you observing or you are, are you participating? And she guys like observing from over here. And he's like, well, if you don't say anything, you're participating. So you might as well participate. And the sort of facade of this whole relationship very much fades away. And I think this is the episode where we see the most Hannibal Lecter of anything we've seen previous. Right. I mean, you could see how, how he, you know, can sort of uh, not even trick people, but but manipulate them into, you know, not necessarily thinking that killing is good, but yeah. that, you know, killing is necessary sometimes. That killing is a part of life that they're simply uh, fooling themselves into thinking they they won't participate in. You will. Right, because you, you sometimes, sometimes you have to hurt someone before they hurt you. Yes. And you know, there's that flashback to, you know, him coming away from his FBI murder spree, taking a shower, seemingly unhurt by the many blows that he took. And uh, he comes out of the shower and she's like, I, I see like what's happening here. He's like, well, I let go of the person suit. Now I'm just the person. (laughs) 
And I think you're seeing the most Hannibal you've ever seen out of him. You know, this is the close to the actual person that he is, you know, being out and about. He's, he's, you know, he's happy to be at parties. He's talking about Dante. He's showing off his Italian. It's everything that's him. And the only thing kind of standing in his way is reality. And according to Hannibal, you can stave that off by murdering a few people. Do you think that by kind of letting the mask drop around Bedelia and sort of drawing her in to what he does, that that's sort of, you know, that that's a love language for him? Uh, I, you know what? I don't think you're wrong. It's certainly, it's the love language we, we've seen him display over two seasons up until now, right? Yeah. Because that long seduction of will either to understand him and eventually to be friends or to be intimate with one another in that they know one another's secrets. This is as it's all a long form seduction. Um, and we'll talk about one of the other people that he seduced in our next episode. But before we do, uh, we have to choose our own de- uh, dinner venture. Uh, that's where we decide. <laughs> Of all the people who were killed in this episode, if you were forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why? Uh, we have uh, killed and have your liver eaten. We don't know what happens to the wife. Um, you could be uh, slowly eaten over time, or you could have uh, someone shove their finely manicured fist down your throat, or you could be bashed with a statuette turned inside out into a massive heart poised on three swords and so gina you, you uh as always go first but you know i always like i always like the really spectacular displays so my first thought is the being turned into a, a giant heart mm-hmm. um but you know what i i'm gonna take the coward's route and just you know have them have them uh had have, have, have my liver eaten because as i pointed out before i i had a ct scan back in march Mm-hmm. And, and I, I could not help notice that my, but notice that my liver was described as smooth and supple. <laughs> so that sounds like it'd be delicious. It does. And prepared correctly. You know, it, it seems like uh, Dr. Fell had the right tools for the job in his house. He had that French butter block, uh, some nice white wine to really give a flambe. Uh, I bet you that pan sauce was excellent. Um, so yeah, that is totally the way to go. There's, there's, it, it, because getting bashed in the head with a statuette, like he's still crawling around. Well, yeah, then like, he, and then he gets his neck snapped, which you know, okay, yeah. that's that's you know at least at least it's lights out then. At least it's lights out, but I yeah. Other than just being Friday the Thirteenth disappeared in in the in the fade out of uh, Doctor Fell's wife, but uh, that's not quite as evocative. Well, Gina, uh, where can people find you on these here internets? I write about movies and television at the. Sp- Pool.net. Uh, I will be covering the Hulu miniseries Candy, mm. uh, based on a book co-written by uh, one Joe Bob Briggs under his uh, his actual name. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, the book is called the book itself is called Evidence of Love. It was written before he took on his horror movie persona. Actually, pretty oh. good, pretty good read. Pretty good read. Okay. Um, and I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Do it today, people. Check it out. You can, uh, you know, Josh Hollis does our all of our artwork. Revenge Body does our theme songs. 
And of course, you, you have a remix here that adorns uh, our Dish by Dish episodes, and that is available at Revenge Body. Uh, just go to bandcamp.com and look up Revenge Body. You can get it all. Um, and that just about does it. Don't worry, uh, folks. The body count will continue when we come back next week. Uh, it's a, a little date on the calendar we like to call Friday the 13th. And usually, I know what you're saying. We ignore Friday the 13th. <laughs> this time, we're not. Uh, we couldn't figure out exactly what we wanted to do, but we, we missed our, our Crystal Lake buddies. So we're going to talk about Friday the 13th, but we'd love to hear from you about it. If you have questions about Friday the 13th or things that you would like us to explore about Friday the 13th, uh, DM us on Twitter or, or send us an email at killbykillpod at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us at our Facebook group. Uh, you know, send us a note on Instagram at Kill by Kill Pod. Uh, all of those things are up for bid. Uh, let us know what you think about Friday the 13th and what you think we should talk about it and all that good stuff. Uh, folks, we got, I'm so happy we're talking Hannibal again on our off weeks. Uh, and in two weeks from today, we'll be back for episode two for myself and for Gina. Bye bye, everybody. Bye.